0: 12 through 17, Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. When division becomes multiplication. <laughs> so whenever you're going to school and you ask, well, my, my pastor knows how to turn division into multiplication. You're going to say he's nuts. But uh, let's, let's look at um, Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. As the day declined, the twelve said... Dismiss the crowd so they can go to the farms and villages around here and get a room for the night and a bite to eat. We're out in the middle of nowhere. You feed them, Jesus said. And they said, we couldn't scrape up more than five loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Unless, of course, you want us to go to town uh, ourselves and buy food for everyone. There were more than 5,000 people in the crowd, 5,000 men. Women and children didn't count in those days. So there's at least 5,000 men plus women and children. Upwards of 15,000 people are setting down for lunch. Bob, Joe, 15,000. <laughs> That's a lot. All right. Verse uh, 14. But he went ahead and, dis- and directed his disciples, set them down in groups of 50, they did what he said and soon had everyone seated. He took the five loaves and two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer. Blessed broke and gave the bread and fish to the disciples to hand out to the crowd. After the people had eaten their fill, the twelve baskets, 12 baskets of leftovers were gathered up. Well, this miracle is one that we have spoken of uh, many times. But uh, this is the one miracle that is a part... Of all of the four Gospels, besides the resurrection, this is the only miracle that is a part of all four Gospels. Now, can you imagine being with Jesus and trying to make an ordinary day out of being with God? I mean, you know, think about it, an ordinary day with Jesus. What is an ordinary day with Jesus? I mean everything he just kinda looks at and changes, he, he, you know, if, and, and it says in here that the, uh, in verse, uh, I think it's verse 11, that if there were people in the crowd that needed healed, he healed them, and then he was teaching, and they're out, and the, they they've gone out in the middle of nowhere, and they have nothing to eat, so they've wandered out here to this place where uh, Jesus has has uh, brought them together and sets them down in groups of 50. Um, any of you ever see what happens on Black Friday in Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> when they keep the doors closed and open them up, there's just this mash of people. Right? Well, can you imagine a group of 15,000 people trying to line up for, get in a straight line now, and we're going to feed everyone. There's enough for everyone. What? So he sets them down in groups of 50. Then he has the disciples, they have 12 baskets. And then he starts dividing. I need some help. Yeah, come on down. Who else? Who else wants to come? Come on, come on. Oh, we got we got three. Come on down, that's it. Come on, oh, we got four. Come on down. Come on down. You're the next. What's that? Oh, yeah, come on over here. Now, I want you to do something. Now, here is a piece of bread. Okay? Now, I want you to tear it in half. And give it to someone. Alright, now what happens whenever you, there you go, (laughs) tear it in half, give it to someone, tear it in half, give it to someone, what did we do? We tore it in half, we divided, right? Now tear it in half again. Now, guess what? Let's tear it in half again. Each part, tear it in half. All right. You didn't make it either. That's okay. Just tear it in half. Do I need a basket? Do I need a basket? Tear it in half again. Oh, my gosh. Just crumbs. Well, we got to feed 15,000 people. How can you feed 15,000 people with five loaves, five flat pancakes, and two sardines? I have two sardines here. Okay. Anybody want to smell them, taste them, rip them? Yeah. yeah you don't want to. You don't want to give the sardine? sardine. You want a sardine. You want to. This was a kid's lunch. Want one. Not really. <laughs> Not really. You want a sardine? Sure.
1: No, I don't
0: want you to give you a sardine. <laughs> All right, she's gonna take it. So, what happened was. Jesus took five, oh, this was a kid's lunch, five flat pancakes, pita bread, and two sardines, and the disciples said, This is all we got. Like, what do you do with this, Jesus? And they gave it to Jesus. What he did was, what did he do? What did he do? What did Jesus do? He prayed first, oh, yeah, he prayed, he prayed bread. and he broke it. And he, and the disciples all had baskets. And he kept breaking it and breaking it, and each basket became full. But it isn't like the, everybody got a little crumb. Everybody ate their fill. 5,000 men plus women and children, about 15,000 people, ate a full lunch out of five loaves and two fish. Now, why don't we go around and give everybody a piece of bread? Everybody has to get a piece of bread. Here, somebody else can go rip one. Here, 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 here. Take, here, here, give me a case of one. Here. Well, I just, so you know. <laughs> there. Give everybody a piece of bread. There we go. Here you go, Chloe. Yeah, rip that and give them a piece of bread. Oh, you got a piece of bread? Give everybody a piece of bread. What'd you do with your bag? Oh, you have to give them pieces. You can't give them a whole piece. Oh, you can't give one person the whole thing. Zach, since it's your birthday, why don't you come up and give out sardines? (laughs) Give everybody a sardine, a piece of a sardine. No, I'm not going to do that. It stinks. The sardines smell. These even smell in the bag. So we won't do that. All right. Now you can go to junior church. I, just felt like I church. I just felt like that's a good visual lesson. Yeah. You see, when does division, does everybody have a piece? Everybody have a piece. All right, all right, just so you all have a piece of bread. If you don't, we have more here. There's plenty here to go around. You can keep it with you. All right. Yeah, it's edible, yeah. It's pita bread. I only got it out last week. No. It's been sitting here a whole week. No. So, as we, as you look at this miracle, it is a miracle in which things are divided, but yet never Diminished. That's the whole concept of the entire sermon. So if you want to go home now and watch a penguin? That's okay. <laughs> but uh, it's the it is it is the miracle of of dividing, but yet when the division is made, there is no loss. In fact, it's multiplied. So how is it that when in our in our understanding of division, when you divide something, you are taking it and making it into smaller, smaller segments. And whenever you take those, but you still never get more than what you start with. So no matter how many pieces you may start with, you know, how many large pieces you have, I have more in here in the office. I'll go get some. I wouldn't want you to think that I was multiplying things. Now, if, if I were sleight of hand, <laughs> I was thinking of that, you know, how could I get these out and and divide it up and come back with a whole one, you know? Yeah. And and really pull a good one on them, you know, put all these little pieces in there and go, look at this. (laughs) You know? Uh, That would have been sleight of hand. But we're looking at, uh, you know, we're looking at this. And we're saying to ourselves, you can't divide it. Now, whenever we divide it, we can never have more. Because I divided it, it still only equals one whole. But when Jesus divided, this multiplied to become more than what he started with. See, that's the miracle. That Whenever we talk about things, you know, like we talk about money, okay? Putting money in the offering. You can't give. When you give to the church and you give to God, what are you doing? You're taking of what you have and you're giving it away and leaves you something taken out. But in the divine economy, there is a multiplication. And see, this is what happens with our belief in God that God takes what we give and multiplies it. Now, we understand that whenever we take a grain of seed, put it in the ground, a corn, a kernel of corn, put it in the ground, the corn stalk grows, you have two ears. And you have how many hundreds of individual kernels of corn? We understand it in that type of economy, but we don't understand it in the economy of the loaves and the fishes. It 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 is a miracle that takes place when the disciples are at their wit's end. Now, I look at this, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying, at verse 12, all right? As the day declined, the disciples said, now, this, this is one of those things where, and it says, like, all the disciples. Is that what it says? Verse 12, the twelve said. So the twelve are together. Jesus is talking, he's healing. I mean, he's doing miracles, and he's telling this crowd, and there's a large crowd, you know, 10-15,000 people. And Jesus is talking to the whole 10-15,000 people and the disciples, what are they doing? They're kind of wandering around here, wandering along with this whole process. Well, they all get together. Maybe we should tell Jesus it's getting late in the day. <laughs> you know, we need to interrupt him. He's probably lost track of time. And he doesn't know that it's late in the day and these people need to go home. It's like the child telling you, hey dad, is he done preaching yet? Dad, it's almost time for the painting game. It's time. Hey, Dad, it's noon. you got to go home and eat. See, he know? Did he lose track of time again? You know? So they're going on. They're all day with Jesus, and, 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 and Jesus is there with them, and they're saying, well, you know, he's probably lost track of time. These people need to go get a place to stay and have some place to eat. So the 12 get together, and they say, excuse us, people. Jesus, it's getting late. It's late in the day, and these people need something to eat. And Jesus does the normal day. They should know better than to interrupt Jesus. They should know better. But what does Jesus do? He tells them, you know, it's like, you know, he's, if you look at this, it's like Jesus is unaware of the time of day or the need of the people. Did you ever think that Jesus doesn't know where you're at? and what's going on in your life. Hey, hey God, um, you know what? I have this problem. (laughs) The preacher won't shut up, and I want to go eat. (laughs) God, I have this problem. I have this problem at work. I have this problem at home. I got this problem with the government. You know, I got this problem with this. I got this problem with that. As if God doesn't know. And somehow, you ever hear people say, well, you know, I pray more, but I just don't want to bother God. I don't want to bother him. Believe me, he wants to hear from you, and he is not um, so busy that he doesn't know you. And and I go back to this one story where uh, a, a person, you know, I, I know I've said this before, but you know I'm old now, and I can repeat things. Um, this individual dies, goes to heaven, and presence of God and he's talking with God and um, he's saying but he becomes aware that there are other people there around him and there are prayers from down to earth and everybody and there's all these things coming towards God and he's saying, God, how is it that I have your undivided attention and yet all this around me is going on and, and they're all talking to you? The answer? There's enough of me that if everyone who's ever lived and will, and will live approaches me, I can give to everyone my uninvited, undivided attention. Okay. So, God knows where we are, what we're doing, everything about us, at any moment of time, past, present, or future. He knows it all. God does not remember the past or see into the future. God has all knowledge. So when something happens in our life, God isn't caught off guard. It's not a strange. Oh God, you didn't know? You know. It's like we have to tell him. God, you didn't know this was going on. Jesus, do you know what time it is? These guys got to go home. They got go a long way to get back to their house. They got to find a place for lodging. They got to find food. We need. You need, just need to. You need, we need to take a time out here, Lord, and call off the, the, this revival for this afternoon. <laughs> As if Jesus wasn't aware. Well, we do that very same thing whenever we try to inform or think that God doesn't know what's going on. So, the crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children, they followed Jesus out here to this remote area. And this is some out-of-the-way place. And verse 11 says, Jesus graciously welcomed them and talked to them about the kingdom of God and those who needed healing he healed. So, he was talking to the people about the kingdom of God. Very important subject. What is the kingdom of God? What is it like? We don't know what he was preaching or teaching specifically, but he was talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Hmm. You see, that in itself would be an entire (laughs) sermon and many sermons. But we are part of the kingdom of God because we are part of his family. We are part of his family and God is part of us and we are part of this divine kingdom. And God knows exactly, and he goes to prepare a place for us that where he is there we may be also. So, and it's, and it's, and it's not unusual we talk about, um, uh, in the divine economy, we think so much of gold. The Bible says that we're gonna, the streets will be paved with gold. So we have golden streets that, that we're going to walk on in heaven. And the idea is the things that we treasure so much here are of such little value there that we're going to use it as pavement. Okay. So that we don't get caught up in our, in our I, me, and my strategies to possess bigger barns so that we can, we can uh, have a bigger splash in our life and he who dies with the most toys wins. That's a bumper sticker. It's not a scripture. It's not a proverb in the Bible. <laughs> it's a bumper sticker. <laughs> he who dies with the most toys wins. So um, this has been a great day. They would heard the word. They was confirmed by the miraculous. It was confirmed by the miraculous. And in reading this also, uh, I was wondering, should every, any day in our life be a day in which a miracle doesn't happen? I mean, do we look for the miraculous? Or do we look at how we're dealing with this and how that it's all about me trying to make it work? See, I, I get very much caught up in me trying to make it work too. You know, um, I go to the hospital every day, Monday through Friday. Try to be there by eight. <laughs> you know, check in, check out by four. Um, do that kind of thing. But I also, I also know that I have interactions with lots of people. Um, many times it's staff, individuals, and, you know, there are other paid employees of the, of the hospital. But I also know that I have interactions with individuals who have come into our program, and they are very much um, either family members who are caring for end of, people who are end of life, or patients themselves who are in the last weeks, days, months, definitely in the last years of their life, and so you're going to have an impact on them, and you're going to have an impact on those individuals. And so, when I'm there, I, always, I try to always leave, with, leave people with an understanding that God is with you. Not because I'm here, but because I'm reminding you of God's presence. And I'm reminding you of God's Word, and I'm reminding you of our place that we have. So, is it a miraculous event? Well, is hope a miraculous event? Is is belief a miracle? For some people, believing is a miracle. <laughs> you know, they're very skeptical. But for most of us, belief is something that we take for granted, that we understand, we have a concept, and we have an understanding of God, and that and that understanding is based, hopefully, upon what we've been teaching in the Scripture that our understanding is that God loves me, and God forgives me, God has a plan for me, God has a place for me, and he will never leave me nor forsake me. So I'm safe in that place. I'm safe in this place where God has me. But also in this place where God has me, he's dividing things up for me. And I'm giving things for him. I'm giving things for God. And it seems like I'm left holding the bag. in the human economy. But in the divine economy, (laughs) I've got double. I've sown. And my return is some 40, some 60, some 100 fold. So I gave this, and I end up with this. (laughs) How did that happen? I put it in God's hands. I prayed, gave, it in God's hands he has a way of multiplying my division one of the things that uh, was a real shocker for the disciples you know they thought we were straightening Jesus out Jesus it's time pastor it's a quarter of Penguin game starts when? What? Four. 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 Twelve. <laughs> 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 huh? You got the score on the phone. Yeah. Okay, you'll let me know. <laughs> let me know if they score right away. I didn't realize it started at twelve. I thought it was about one or something. Well, I better hurry up. Oh, okay, pastor. <laughs> twelve o'clock. Got to get out and get on the radio or whatever. Um, anyhow, the disciples are there. Uh, the disciples are there, and Jesus does this. He says, you feed them. Whoa! You know, what do you mean me feed them? You see, they found the need and God is telling them, you saw the need, you meet it. Ooh. Do you ever wonder, there's, there's a statement that says, we are part of the answer to every prayer that we pray. We are part of the answer to every prayer that we pray. And also, if we see the need, there is something in us, some part of us, that is capable of meeting that need. So if we are able to see it, then also there is there's something inside of us, whether it's, you know, like, uh, the, the well, what about the starving in Africa? Well, we're able to give to missions and give to people to meet the needs over there that we can't go and meet but we can give our part. But giving our part is sowing seed into the kingdom of God in which God has a way of multiplying. This has gotten been eaten. (laughs) Put that back. (laughs) So, but God has a way of multiplying what we give. So when we feel a, when we are, when we are, I'm going to say pricked, nudged, inspired, feel the divine unction to say, to give, to do. You see, our giving is more than just putting something here. Our giving is giving of ourselves, our words, our talents, our time, our skills, our abilities. It's giving of those things, and God has a way of blessing us for giving what we have. He has a way of blessing us with more. And It may not fit into our economy, but Jesus tells the disciples, you go feed them. All right, so what do the disciples do? The disciples say, okay, Jesus, we got this covered. We'll go out and we'll find, surely these people were smart enough to bring food with them. (laughs) And the 12 go out into the thousands of people. And what a stupid group of people. I mean, you know, these disciples ain't too bright. Well, Jesus, we went out, we did our part. We got <laughs> we got five loaves. They have five loaves and two fishes. You know, but you know what is that among so many people? But we did our part. We tried to feed them. Did you ever look at your life and say, this is all I got to meet my needs? This is all I got. Just me and you, Lord, five loaves and two sardines. <laughs> I think I'm the sardine because I stink. <laughs> I stink at what I do. I'm not that, you know, God doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear about how we think we, th- we smell. He wants us to know that we have something to give. You know, in the book of First Kings chapter 17, talks about the lady who was down to her last bit of oil and meal. And, and Elijah the prophet said, uh, he came to her and he says, you know, give me something to eat. She says, I'm sorry. It's either, if I, make my, if I take the oil I have and the meal that I have, I have enough for one piece of bread, and then my son and I are going to die. We're going to starve to death because that's all we have. And Elijah says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Take take what you've got and I want you to make something for me first. Now Elijah is not being greedy here, telling them you've got to do something for me. He's telling them as a prophet of God that there is a miracle here waging if you'll just walk if you'll just be obedient to what i say and the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the lord gives us rain on the land she went and did as elijah told her so there was food every day for elijah for the woman and her family now, prior to this, Elijah is out in this middle of nowhere. And he's being fed by the ravens. And, you know, the ravens are bringing in food. But the brook dries up, and the ravens stop coming. And Elijah's saying, What are you doing, God? And God says, Get out of here. You've been brooding around here long enough. Go out there, and I'm going to show you what you do. So Elijah is forced to leave where God is bringing him food and takes him to a place where there is no food. And the only food that's going to be there is the last piece of bread for a woman and her child and then they're going to die. But in the divine provision Elijah says you make me a piece first and that bit of meal and oil will never run out. The divine economy runs different than we do. So when we place what we have in God's hands and there's a lot of symbolism in this. The Bible talks about the first fruits and the first offerings and the tithe and, and all that. And, 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 and what, I'm, what I'm trying to inc- incorporate and impress upon us is that we need to trust God for every aspect of our lives. That whether we give a little, give a lot, it's based upon what we have. It isn't the amount that is given, It's given from what we have and when we give from what we have we need to believe that God is going to take this gift that we have and the gift that we are giving and we have to believe and I want us to believe for myself and for all of us that whenever we put our time, talent, ties, uh, whatever, our person, who we are, our lives, our jobs, our families, whatever, we're praying about them, dedicating them to God, asking God to take care of them, and, and interacting with them, and blessing them, and praying the scriptures over them. We're doing all of that as this, so that God will reward us with this. That's the divine economy. And it takes us, takes me... Giving of what I have to put it in the divine economy. And we don't do it because I say so. We do it because God speaks to our own hearts and because God is in charge of our lives. And I am believing that God will bless our lives to multiply and take this five loaves. You wonder how many of these I've got, don't you? (laughs) It's It's a divine miracle up here. But he takes these loaves, he takes these pieces of bread and he takes what we give him and whenever we give it to God, we pray about it. We pray about it. We don't listen to other people. You don't listen to me. You listen to the spirit that is inside of you, the spirit of God. Okay? And when God speaks to you, walk in obedience. That obedience is not all or nothing. It is, God always deals with, uh, with us in portions. In portions. It's like 10%. 10% to me is different than 10% to you. 10% to the billionaire is different than 10% to the person who doesn't have, you know, that has no job and whatever. The, the widow with the widow's mite gave less than a penny. She gave less than a penny, and Jesus said she's given more than anyone else who's put money in that pot, in that, in that basket. God knows what we give. The cruise of oil. So, (laughs) when we place what we have in God's hands, it changes to the God of more than enough. Hmm. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. That was last week's sermon. (laughs) God is able to do. God is able to do. God is able to do more. God is able to do more than we ask. He's able to do more than we think. I've been challenged by that this week. How many of us have thought of things? (laughs) You know? Um, We've thought of things. Oh, well, we, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. Why do we always say we can't? Maybe not today, but why do we say we can't? God, you know, I don't want to do wrong things, I don't want to make wrong decisions, but God doesn't have that word in his vocabulary. The only thing God tells us that we can't do is that we can't do things that would be, be destructive to us, that would destroy us. And God would do extravagant Extravagant. And the downside of extravagance is I, me, my, mine. Whenever I believe that I, me, mine, and mine is mine, and you can't have it, then I'm going to get more of this, and I'm going to store it back here, and I'm going to keep it in my container, and I don't care how hungry you are, I'm not giving you a, a crumb from my table. <laughs> What's going to happen to this? It'll all disappear. Though a man gain the whole world and lose his own soul, what does it profit him? You see, the divine economy is that we're giving of what we've got. And maybe I only have a crumb. But you know what? God will honor that gift. You know, maybe I'm not the brightest, but God will take my talent. He will take my time. He will bless it. And he will take what we give him and we need to take it to him in prayer and ask him to be with us and that God would be with us and he would he would take this peace that I have given. Jesus lifted his face to heaven. He prayed, Father, we don't know exactly what his prayer was, but he prayed, Father, bless this bread. And he began to break it. And he gave it. And I think each day, we begin a day, God, this is your day. I ask you to bless this day that I am entering. And each aspect of the day, each minute of the day, each hour of the day, I ask you to bless it and divide it and give it to those around me that I can see how I can give of who I am and it's going to come back in my life pressed down, shaken together, and running over. John Maxwell in his book about personal success, he talks about that the road to success is that you help as many people as you can become successful and you will be successful likewise. Help as many people as you can achieve success, you will find success likewise. In our lives, we are helping as many people as we can along the road. And that as we give, we ask God to bless our day. And you know what? They may only need a crumb, they may only need a piece, or they may need a big piece. But you know what? Sometimes they just need your presence, an encourager, someone to bring stability to a very unstable place. God has a way of blessing them, and you gave them of what you've got. And we ask God to take that and make it a blessing to them. And it may be just a few words. Well, you know what? I'll be thinking about you. Well, you know, what if we look at it this way? you know what, I don't know, but I'll pray about it and ask God to help you. That in itself is an encouragement. Be encouraged, because God places you on my heart different times during the week, and I pray for you. And I pray that God would bless what you have and that he'll continue to multiply it in your life.